So good morning. Thinking about the school theme, I was thinking about, you know, when you learn something and you learn all of the laws, you learn all of the rules, you know, kind of the intricacies of what you're learning, particularly in the subject of maths, those formulas exist, but it just doesn't make sense. You have that head knowledge, you can recite them off by heart, those, I can't even remember my maths equations, those equations, but you struggle to put it into practice. I did that, particularly in the subject of maths. I knew it all. I could recite them, but until I really, truly understood the why, why are these equations there? Why am I doing this? Why do these things go together? Until I understood that why, I couldn't do the maths. It didn't make sense. And that's a really similar kind of concept in our faith. We can have all of the knowledge and understanding. We can know all about Jesus, but until we really, truly understand the why, sometimes it doesn't make sense. So this morning, for me particularly, this is a bit about my testimony. I want to share the why of my faith. Why did Jesus come? Why did he die on the cross? Why do I believe that he is the Son of God? Because for me, when I know this why, like I said, I can share my faith. I can live it out and truly make it mine. It makes sense. It just kind of resolves itself within me. So I I forgot that I actually wasn't finishing this Anchored Faith series. We have another speaker next week, which is really exciting. But so far, we've heard from a few people as to the why. Why am I still a Christian? Why am I serving? Why am I here particularly at the Lakes Church? We've heard from Jaira, Kate and Jeff and it's really encouraging to hear people's stories because as people share their testimony and how God is working in their life, we can kind of connect with that. It can make us think and think, actually that's the same for me or mine's a little bit different, I think this way. The why is really helpful and sharing our testimony is so encouraging. So I'm really hoping this series encourages you to anchor your faith to Jesus afresh to be all in in your faith in Jesus, all in, all in for Jesus. So the first question I want to answer this morning is, why am I still a Christian? Because I've been a Christian the majority of my life. So why do I still choose to believe? Now, there are a couple of reasons, and there is a little bit of crossover going forth in this series. It is a little bit hard to find some fresh things because there is a lot of the same But that's okay. One of my first reasons is creation. One of my favorite things, I've probably shared this quite a few times, is being in nature, going to the rainforest, going to the beach, going to a park, seeing the sunrise, seeing the sunset, God's creation, colors of the sky as the, the sun breaks over the horizon, as it dips down. It's like a fresh painting every day. It's magnificent. It's beautiful. And in these places, it's where I most often feel God's presence. It's here that I can see the majestic qualities of God. I look around our world, around our creation, and I see the intricacies of every single plant, of every animal. And I cannot believe that this came from chaos. This is so ordered. This is so intricate, so detailed. We are just getting down to the final things in science of discovering some of what creation is all about. How can all of these billions of different things in our world come from chaos? How can that just happen? There is so much order. Creation tells me that there is a God who created it. And God has created this amazing place for us to live in, 
and to look after. I look at creation and it leaves me no other choice. I have to believe in God. Because you think about how much we understand, how much uh, intelligence and knowledge we have, and yet we don't understand the depths of what is around us. There are still things science is discovering. There are still things we don't understand. And that tells me there is someone who has greater knowledge than us. And I believe that someone is God. Colossians 1.16. I love the book of Colossians. It's one of my favorites. It says, Through Christ, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. So think about that. We have creation, but there are also the heavens. God has created way more than what we can actually see. This is phenomenal. The detail, the intricacy, the knowledge, the order, God is behind it all. So what do you see when you look around our world? Is this one of your anchors? Because I think a few people so far have shared this as one of theirs. But for me, my faith is more than just believing that God made our creation, our world. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And everything that God showed us through the Old Testament was a lead up to this pinnacle where Jesus came to the earth, where God revealed Jesus to us. Jesus shows us who God is. He shows us the nature and character of God. And if you look at Colossians again, that previous verse to what we just read, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. So if you're curious, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. And as I read through the Gospels, as I read through the New Testament, and I'm looking at the life of Jesus, we have it recorded there for us. There is something deep in my soul that knows he is the Messiah. He came to bring us restoration. He came to bring us back into relationship with God. He was good. He was just. He brought peace. He loved people. He restored people. He brought dignity to people. And Jesus says this about himself. He says in John chapter 19, I tell you the truth, the son, so he's talking about himself, does nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. And whatever the father does, the son does also. So I see those things in the gospels of what Jesus did. And he is good. He loves us. If you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. Because I look around at our broken world, I see the sin, I see pain, I see hurt, and I see suffering, and I've experienced those things in my own life. But when I look to Jesus and when I put my hope and my trust in him, he gives me hope, peace, love, life. And I know in those hard times I can come to him, I can cry out to him, he's not going to reject me. He is there with me. Through those storms in life when we don't always understand what is going on, when the world crashes around you and you get totally knocked off your feet, Jesus says, I am there with you. And that means God is there with you as well. How comforting is that? A God who loves us, a God who's not condemning us, is there with us. Now, there's a really cool theologian. His name is Tom Wright. He's got an amazing English accent. So if you Google him and listen to some of his stuff, you'll love it. He's got a great talking voice. He has this quote. He says, 
If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what it means to be human, look at Jesus. If you want to know what love is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what grief is, look at Jesus. And go on looking until you're not just a spectator, but you're actually part of the drama, which has him as a central character. So I'm not a spectator. I don't want to be a spectator. I want to participate in what God is doing here and now and bringing the kingdom of God here on earth so other people can experience his hope. So I'm really thankful. I did grow up in a Christian family. I had Christian parents and we went to church. And my whole life, I can't remember a time where I didn't believe in God. But that doesn't mean because I grew up in that that environment that automatically I had faith. I still had to choose it. I remember a particular Sunday night when I was eight years old when I made that very commitment to say, this is it for me, I'm following Jesus. And I did that again in my teenage years. And when I had the opportunity to live out my faith, to actually put it into practice, to live it out, to serve, it became so real to me. It was a commitment of mine, not anyone else's, not my parents, not my friends. It was mine. I chose it. And I believed it was worth living out what Jesus asked us to do, to live the way he modeled, because he shows us life. He promises to give us life. Now, you don't have to grow up in a Christian family to have that same experience. Jesus still offers us life. He still offers us hope and belief. Now, this faith of mine isn't a one-time thing. It isn't a commitment I just made when I was eight and left it at that. This is an ongoing daily thing where I want to pursue Jesus continually. My faith is always there, but I want to experience him daily. It is a daily commitment to come back to him. One thing I know about my faith, my anchor in Jesus, this is not something I can let go on of. It's got a hold of me. It's got a grip on me. Now, there's a verse in Romans which is quite an odd verse, but I think it explains a little bit about this kind of grip this faith has on me, and I'll explain more about this verse. Romans chapter 6, verse 22. It says, But now you are free from the power of sin and become slaves of God. Now you do these things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. So when I chose to believe in Jesus and I realized my why that Jesus restores me, that he brings me into a relationship with him, that he forgives me. I became tied to him and faith has a grip on me. I have chosen to become a slave to God. Now, slave is such a loaded term. Now, for a really long time, I really, really struggled with this concept, a slave to God. No one wants to be a slave I hated that concept. I really struggled with it. I didn't like it at all. And I, especially in my younger years, anytime I heard anyone read this or I read it, I just, I kind of balked at the idea. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Why would anyone choose to be a slave to God? Because everything we learn about slaves, or actually slaves still exist in our world. People still experience being under the control of a slave master. Everything we know or everything you may have experienced if you've ever been in that situation is not good. Slaves are mistreated. They're oppressed. They're often not thought of as 
real, proper humans. They don't have dignity in those situations. They're beaten, they're worked relentlessly. A slave to God? This is what I had in my head. How is that a good thing? No way do I want to be a slave to God. But I can say now, this concept of being a slave to God has actually become an anchor to me. Because regardless of whether we believe in God or not, whatever we believe in, we tie ourselves to that belief. We live according to those beliefs. So even if you say you're an atheist and you believe that there is actually no God, you still actually have faith. You are putting your faith in the fact that you believe there is no God. That is your faith. And you are going to live out your life according to that belief. So for me, for my faith, because I choose to believe in Jesus, I choose to live in a way that follows him. I am tied to God. And my beliefs affect the way I live my life. I am a slave to God. And a slave in God's kingdom is not what we know of in earthly slave terms. It is the total opposite. That's not what Paul intended us to imagine when we think, when he wrote slave of God. It wasn't this earthly kind of slavery terms. Because in God's kingdom, God doesn't treat people like that. He doesn't oppress people. He doesn't degrade people. He doesn't work people relentlessly to death. He is a good and gracious God. And Jesus showed us that. He releases us, in fact, from those bondages. He releases us from oppression and he brings us life. This is the type of slavery when we're connected to God. It's not oppressive. It's, in fact, life-giving. And Jesus said that himself. He says in John 10.10, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. This is the opposite to what we imagine and think. And how exciting is that to be a slave to God when we are broken free of all oppression, when we are actually living a better life, a more satisfying life with purpose. And I want to tie myself to that because I know as I do that, Jesus brings me life, hope, love, peace, all the fruits of the Spirit that we read about. And I cannot let go of those things. I cannot let go of faith, hope, and love. So that's kind of a simple answer as to why I'm still a Christian. Why I cannot stop believing. Now, following Jesus isn't actually an easy thing to do. Because like I said before, life throws us curveballs. Things come our way. But I keep coming back to persevering in hope. Because there's a verse in James that talks about as we persevere, it produces hope. And hope never disappoints. Jesus never disappoints. So I'm all in. I can't let go. And that comes to the question of why am I still serving in church? Now, because I said to God, you know what, I'm all in. He has actually called me to serve in the church. And again, this isn't something that sucks the life out of me. This isn't something that's oppressive. It's the opposite. It brings me life. And when I serve in church and I use these gifts and these skills that God has given me, I feel blessed. There are sometimes times when I feel his presence that as I'm using these gifts and skills, I know he is with me. It doesn't always happen, but it often happens. And hopefully when I do this, other people are blessed also. And that's a great encouragement. 
Now, my call in life looks totally different to yours. God calls us each individually to different things. And no matter where you are, whether it's full-time ministry, whether you're in school or a workplace, we are called to serve God. Now, I do occasionally, from time to time, look at like seek.com and job adverts and career sites just to see what's around there. Do I actually still want to serve in church? I have a look, scroll through all the ads. Some are quite interesting, but I always come back to the fact, you know what? There is no other place I want to work. Now, I've shared this a few times, so some of you may have already heard this, but all through high school, I knew that at some point in my life, I was going to go to Bible college. So I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I was drawn to serving in the church. Now, I absolutely love serving in the youth ministry in my church in my early 20s, and I was coordinating our senior youth group, so grade 10, 11, 12. It was quite a big church. And it was then that I quit my job and decided to pursue an internship into more full-time ministry. So when I was 25, I started a Bachelor of Theology. I did go to Bible college. And I always want to be a learner. I always want to be a student of Jesus. I don't want to stop growing. And I'm actually continuing studies at the moment in postgraduate studies, growing, or working towards my master's. I want to keep growing. And this knowledge I know that God has called me to kind of glean is not just for my personal relationship with Jesus. It does help me. It helps grow me. But I want to grow so I can also share with others deeper truths so I can go deeper with God and share more and wholeheartedly about Jesus. So for me, that desire to serve in a more full-time capacity in the church was an, just an idea, a thought in my heart that just grew. And then as I stepped into an internship, it grew more and I knew that this was where God had planted me. So you might have that same call in your life to be a police officer, a teacher, a doctor, your call is no different, no better, no less than mine. It's just different, and that's okay. God has got you where you are for a reason. And when you serve in that, when you serve Jesus in that, others will be blessed, and you will be blessed also. Now, when I was in 25 and I started this internship in my church to pursue ministry full-time, I never, ever wanted to be on stage speaking in front of people, ever, I was quite happy working in the, in the sidelines, in the background, coordinating youth group and doing that kind of stuff because I hated public speaking. I would stand up in front of people and I would get this anxious, nervous red rash that would creep up all over my, my neck and eventually get to the top of my head. And I would, the more I spoke, the brighter I would go. It was very obvious that I was struggling in this situation. But God had other ideas. As I stepped out, he gave me two verses. And again, from Colossians, I want to read them. They're from the Apostle Paul. Colossians chapter 4. Paul says, Pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities, opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. Because that is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And in Ephesians I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep speaking boldly for him as I should. God gave me these verses very clearly and very early on and said, I want you to speak. So he asked me to put work into it to become better at this skill. 
because you can become better. You can do it. And Jesus said, I want you to speak. I want you to be my mouthpiece. When Paul wrote these letters to the Colossians and the Ephesians, he was literally in chains. He was in prison, chained up. But when God put these verses on my heart, he said to me, you are not in chains. You are not oppressed. But I want you to be chained to me, to rely on me. And this also links in with what I shared about being a slave to God, being chained to God, being anchored to God. God has got me. I am in chains. And these chains are not tying me down. Like I said before, they are not oppressive. In fact, they are giving me life. And I am thankful for that. So you might not be called to preach. Not everyone is. But we are all called to speak about the hope we have in Jesus, no matter where you are in life. These verses apply to you as well. Because for us, Jesus wants to speak about the hope you have. You have a testimony. You have, if you follow Jesus, stories about how God is working in your life, how he has helped you through tough seasons. And that's what you can speak about. Because people cannot refute your experience. You can share the hope you have because our world is in desperate need of hope. Our world is in desperate need of love. And Jesus is the only one who can provide that depth, that true peace, that true love that our world is craving. And I also serve in church in other ways because I understand the importance of everybody playing their part. No matter what gifts you have or no matter where you serve, don't discount the importance of what you're doing when you are doing it for God. All he wants is for us to put up our hand and say, I want to serve you. And to see what he does. He can do pretty amazing things through someone who says yes to him. And when we serve together, when we're using our gifts together, the church thrives. We grow together. So the last question, why am I still here at the Lakes Church? Now Jeff shared a little bit about our family story last week, so you can go back and hear that if you miss that. But I am still here because I see the importance and value in committing to a church family and making it my church home. I am committed to being here every single week that I possibly can, to showing up, to, to being part of this fellowship, to talking to people, to being where people are, you guys are, in the good and the bad times. Now, I was listening this week to a podcast by an Australian theologian named John Dixon. And in this podcast was a line. It said, spirituality cannot be lived out without messy community. Church community is messy. We are all messy people in our own ways. God has designed us to live together, to be there for each other. And being part of a messy community makes me a better person. It helps me grow my faith. Now, one of the greatest things I love about this church in particular is we come together, we can, we can stand together on those issues of faith that are black and white. We can stand together and wholeheartedly believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He came to earth and he died and was resurrected to life for our sins. They are the essential issues of our faith, the essential things of our faith, and we stand together on those. But I also love the fact that in this church, in those things in the Bible that aren't so clear, that aren't so black and white, that are great issues, that we can sit down together and discuss that we can share our different opinions and points of views and go back and forth. And if we don't 
even if we don't end up agreeing at the end of the day on these issues that aren't the black and white, that aren't the essential, we can still walk away and love each other. We can still walk away and be committed to each other because that's what messy faith is all about. That's what I love about this church. And that's part of the reason why I'm still here. So as we finish up today, I want to ask you those questions. We've heard from a few of us. What is it for you? Why are you still a Christian? Why do you still serve? Why are you still here at the Lakes Church? What is it for you? What anchors your faith to Jesus? It's like we talked about at the start, when we understand that why, it helps us to own it, to live it out, to be slaves to God. So I want to leave a little bit of space or just open in prayer and just come before God with those questions and really own your why. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you are the Son of God and that as we hear people's testimonies of why they are still Christians, why we are still Christians, why we are still serving and in community, that you will make it real to us, that we will grasp hold of our own why, that we will hold on, that we'll be proud to be slaves of God. Jesus, I pray that you'll speak now as we leave space. as we think about these questions this week that you will just guide our hearts that we will really solidify our faith afresh or even for the first time Jesus I pray that you will reveal yourself to us that we can chain ourselves to you that we can be slaves to you and experience your amazing kingdom of God experience that that freshness that vitality that life that peace that hope that comes with being a follower of you Jesus, I pray that you'll make it so real to us that we will be all in. In Jesus' name.